Hey everyone, welcome to the Fit CFO Show. I'm Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we wanted to start this podcast so that it could be a place where our audience can learn from some of the industry's best fitness professionals and to also give you online entrepreneurs a place to learn financial success. We have years of experience in fitness, but specialize in finance, and together we hope to bring you the best of both worlds. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. Today, we are flipping the script and interviewing the man, the myth, and the legend himself, Sean Hanquist, the man behind Fit CFO. He's been an entrepreneur and financial professional for 16 years. He's also a super fit dad times three, and of course, my husband. Let's welcome our very own Fit CFO to the show. Thanks for sending over the agenda assigning what the hell we're talking about. Hey, last time I did that, I feel like it kind of backfired, so... Okay. All right. I thought it would be a secret. <laughs> uh, who like, knows? I feel like I feel like Sean does better when he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, that overanalyzing thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you just have to answer the questions if I just throw them at you. Yeah. All right. Pressure's on. So you just got back from pretty much like a three-week hunting hiatus. How's yeah. it feel to be back in the chair? And then I throw this on you the first day you're back. <laughs> A <laughs> little cloudy, so forgive me. <laughs> oh, I want to know. I want to know. Vacation after the vacation. Let's put it that way. You honestly, for what you did, absolutely. So the last two weeks, he's literally been living like a mountain man in the backwoods of Colorado. Yes, and the weather did not co- cooperate at all. So it was it was pretty intense. Um, so it, all of you. Fellow hunters out there, you were on an elk hunting trip. Yeah, it's something that I've done a lot. Um, With horses this time, though. Sure. So we're six or seven years. I don't even know how many years deep into this elk hunting thing, and I'm still um, elkless, um, but it's not a lack of effort. (laughs) (laughs) What was the biggest struggle of your, of like being in the wild for two weeks? Oh, the biggest struggle. Let me think here. Hmm. I would say staying warm this, this uh, time, like my feet, everything starts with the foundation. And I went up to the mountains, um, probably with, with not sufficient boots. And I, the first time I went up, I only brought one pair and it snowed. Well, and, you weren't, uh, I mean, it's September, so you're not expecting it to be very cold. You know, and I didn't even think about it too. It's like down they're, they're calling for rain down low, um, at lower elevations. And it didn't even cross my mind should have that rain down low equals snow up high and take on a bunch of snow boots, get wet, can't get them dried out and your feet are just freezing and you just can't recover from that. So that was the biggest takeaway. Um, have a good pair of boots. If not bring two pair. (laughs) Honestly Uh, though, because one of them gets wet and then they never really dry out fully. And when your feet are wet, I, I, You just can't, you can't recover from that. So that was the biggest takeaway for me is have good boots, have good gear. Um, Don't even attempt it without it because you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Um, Well, let's get into, obviously hunting is something that you enjoy and love, but so is um, like health and fitness. And I kind of want to get into like, this is the story all about you. I want to, I want our listeners to know just as much about you as they know about me. And so I want to talk about how, because really, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but 
I've always kind of been into health and fitness, but Sean is really the one that introduced it to me in a different way and is probably the reason why our family is the way that it is today. I obviously like kind of ran with it, but I think you were the original foundation of that. So talk about your um, health and fitness journey a little bit. I know maybe a lot of people don't realize, but it probably started clear back in high school, maybe even in college. Yeah. I mean, it did start with, uh, with athletics. I was always had that dream of being this NFL star and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it, what it, I did everything I thought it took to get to that level, but I just didn't have the talent, but it wasn't a lack of effort. Like I put in the time and, and the routine and just became really consistent of working out, um, didn't focus on nutrition like I should because it's no one. Well, it just wasn't. It. it really wasn't a thing back then, though. It's it's only no. been honestly recent years that nutrition's even been talked about. Yeah, I just thought you just work it. out. I just thought you worked out, and that's what happened. Like, <laughs> and, and I did a lot of it, but it just became consistent, and it's something that I just now it's no longer even a hobby. It's just a passion. Like it just happens. Like yeah. I don't even set my alarm in the morning anymore, just because my body's so routine of going to the gym and getting a workout in. And well, I think you make a good point there that like a lot of people think it's such a chore, but after doing it for so long, it just becomes a part of who you are. And it just, it's just something you do without thought. It doesn't take effort at that point. No, I I mean, it's probably one of my favorite things to do. So it it makes it easier Mm -hmm. uh, for me to get up and get going. And then obviously incorporating nutrition and learning about that with you and your insights. It's actually changed the game of my physique over this last decade, last five, 10 years of really transitioned into a next level physique versus just being a power athlete. So let's talk about that a little bit, because you go from playing high school sports where you're so driven to be the best. And then obviously I think when we're in high school, we're just thinking about the next step, which is playing college sports. Right. And then, um, so obviously you made it to college sports. Well then, you know, I think you did well there, but then like college is over and it's just like, okay, now what, what was, what was your, I guess, train of thought then once college was over? Um, reality, the real life, <laughs> uh, paying the bills, having babies. Oh my God. Um, but you did, mean, but you did intramural sports. I feel oh, like as long as you could with the best of them <laughs> coming home injured every week, icing my ankle, knee trips to the emergency room. I think that, I oh. think that was when we were like, Okay, let's let's think about this. And I think the final straw was an intramural intramural football game, and like there was punches thrown by other <laughs> team. Adults. Like I'm a grown ass man. I don't need to be a part of this. Uh, some people took a little. With your deep. wife and children watching. <laughs> oh, that was it. I, I hung it up. It was probably what five, seven years ago. It's been a while. It's probably longer than that, but yeah. Well, then you got into like dodgeball. <laughs> and bag bag throwing oh yeah no but really I think um it kind of went from you know I think realizing that the competitive um what do they call them intramural type sports were over and then that's when you really got into bodybuilding I think yes yeah and I I feel like I I found this sport maybe a little late I mean I have some years left but I really wish I knew what I knew now, like 15 years ago, it'd been a different game, but I'm living the best life I can and enjoying it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
it's, it's one of those things that you can always continue to grow, um, and, and become better. I like think the sport of bodybuilding, it doesn't just stop, you know, it's, it's continual, whether you're competitive or not competitive, you're always going to be working on building a better physique, which I think also turns to all areas of life when talking about just being a disciplined individual, it comes in multiple ways, which I think is what led us down the journey of, of growing, um, in our financial world. Mm -hmm. And, and, and really, I think it kind of goes hand in hand when we talk about discipline, finances just seem to come up in that, because if you're not financially disciplined, you're never going to build wealth. And so let's get into that a little bit about how really fit CFO was born. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I've always been, focused on finance and, and monies because we just growing up, we didn't have a lot of it. And mm-hmm. it was just one of those sayings that I knew I needed to be smart and I wanted to build wealth and I want to be able to pass on a legacy is how it all started for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at fitness and we look at finance, like they just go together so well, like you have to be disciplined mm-hmm. and with waking up in the morning, every morning to go work out, that's discipline, which carries over into our finances, which you have to make the right decision. Not every time, but more often than not, you have to make the right decision if you want to get ahead in life with finances. Mm-hmm. And this is where a lot of this boils down is making more right decisions than wrong decisions, being smart, delaying some of the gratification over time. And honestly, if you can have that mentality, like it's not rocket science here, what we're doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It's a long game. Like I've, we've never, you know, we never talk about, you know, getting rich overnight by any means. It's something that compounds over years. But I think that's like so important for the nutrition coaches out there to realize that are maybe, um, you know, looking for the next level in their businesses is it's just, it's literally the same thing that you tell your clients, like, you're not going to see these results happen overnight. Um, you're not going to see a six week challenge with your physique and see amazing changes. You might see some, but same thing with your finance, just because you make one small decision today doesn't mean six weeks from now, you're suddenly going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Might not even see the changes for five, 10 years down the road, but where a lot of this passion comes from um, to a lot of my clients is it's a little bit different than uh, the generation before us, uh, a lot of business owners had brick and mortar and they had, you know, they ran their businesses and they bought their buildings and worked for 30, 40 years. And when they retired, it wasn't their business that made them a retirement paycheck. It was selling the, the real estate or selling the business that the brick and mortar that they owned for the last 30 or 40 years is what created their wealth into retirement. And a lot of the online entrepreneurs, I guess my understanding is, you know, most of our businesses are not sellable when it's online and it's just you and you don't have the brick and mortar. So where I'm coming from is your paycheck has to come from somewhere mm-hmm. when you're retired, not if you're going to retire either from age or from uh, an injury or some kind of disability, it's going to happen. So if we don't have that building to sell, or if we don't have that diversification and we just have ourselves and our revenue of our, of our business, the retirement's probably not going to be what you're dreaming it's going to be unless we have a profitable business, save money, have a compound, create wealth even outside of our business, um, or we're going to have to work, work really hard on creating the sellable business so you can retire someday. 
What do you say to those individuals who say, well, I'm never going to retire. I'm literally going to work until I'm dead. I one of my first times being on stage was in a room full of a couple hundred on stage people. to speak about uh, it, yeah yeah yep. I was on stage and I had a gentleman's like well I get I like think you like you like specifically asked him a question about retirement and I believe yeah. and then yes this happened like why you know why would I ever retire why would I ever do anything outside my business I get a 40x return in my business blah 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 I'm going to work forever. I don't need anything. And, you know, that it kind of put me on the spot because, you know, they have, a, you know, this individual had a great point mm-hmm. that, you know, invest in your business. You can grow it, grow it and grow it and grow it and become profitable. But the problem is, is COVID happens. Yeah. Right. And you can reinvest in your business and generate more revenue but that more revenue is not creating the wealth that you need to create or the passive income that you need to create to have a good, you know, retirement or, or a financial future. Um, but it's kind of ironic, you know, four, three years later, this individual is investing heavily in real estate and talking about passive income and things outside of the business to grow right. your wealth. And, and it was just one of those things. It's kind of like when you first get going, you're like, oh, I got to put every dollar back in. We got to reinvest. We got to buy ads. We got to do things. But once you see the light mm-hmm. and you see that there's more to it than just creating revenue, you know, a lot of a lot of the issues and problems will go away and you'll have a you know solid financial future. Well, and I think one thing to, um, I guess, bring up is there's one expectation that we can always count on in life. And that's the unexpected. I mean, just mm. like you had brought up is COVID happened. Did anybody ever foresee that happening? Oh, hell no. Um, but it did. And a lot of businesses either went under or flourished. Yeah. And what, uh, you know, what really helped me and my business during that time, because as I talked last week on the podcast, um, I literally opened my doors and launched the same exact month that COVID happened. And the one thing that sustained me through or helped was that I had structure. I had structure for where every dollar was going. Um, because if I hadn't have had that, I probably would have just turned right around and closed the doors back up again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And there was there was a lot of individuals that I coached, and you know, and I'm sure it's just like in the nutrition world, not everybody follows your exact recommendations. The ones that uh, had profit, the ones that had tax savings, that want that had money available, flourished. Yeah. The ones that didn't follow my guidance, but you know, ha- you know, still paid me for whatever reason, um, they struggled, and yeah. most of them dropped off, had to cancel coaching or close their business. Or isn't that so true though? The people that follow through with X Y Z, the recommendation, are the successful ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never worked with a client, and I'm confidently saying never that I, that has followed my full advice that was not successful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like if, if you were, uh, claiming to follow that advice, you weren't in some way, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, if you follow the protocol, it's going to make you successful. It's it's going to work. And it's, it's so mirrored with, with finance and fitness and nutrition. Yeah. 
And I just, I would love to reach through the Zoom and just grab these people. I'm like, come on, I'm giving you the path that you need to take uh, for financial success. Does it seem right all the time? No. Mm-hmm. You know, holding money back and not reinvesting it or not spending it on the new car when you worked your ass off sucks. Right. <laughs> if, right. Uh, but also, so does saying no to certain, you know, yeah. food and alcohol. And, um, you know, I mean, I think what was it, Joe Rogan? I love his quote. He's like, I am the most lazy, disciplined person you'll ever meet <laughs> because I don't ever want to do it, but I right. do. <laughs> so I love his quote, but, um, I guess I want to go back because I feel like you have, um, really created a really good, um, simple. Cause I think that's the biggest thing is we got to keep it simple structure. So how are you able to relate, um, to a lot of these different coaches who come to you for financial guidance? Like, how are you able to, I guess, meet them where they're at? Yeah. And, and I, I suppose a lot of mine comes from having multiple businesses over the years that um, some successful, some failed. Mm-hmm. And I was able to use my education experience as a business owner um, and also being in the financial field, working with other successful um, individuals and companies, and then kind of seeing what works and what doesn't work. And yeah. throwing your hands in the air and avoiding putting your head in the sand never works. And I see that happens to most of the individuals out there. So just kind of giving people easy, simple checklists to follow um, in between calls and check-ins. And, and if they complete the checklist, then it, it obviously would give them a good path for financial success. And it's just keeping it simple. I think a lot of times marketing and, and finance seems very hard and difficult to do, but it, it literally, if someone spent less 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes a week on their finances, right. uh, a lot of the issues would go away and a lot of the problems would go away. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems really easy to, oh, I'll get to it next week or the next week or the next week. But then like, then that just never goes. It never comes. So if you have these simple, um, easy to follow strategies that you can do on a weekly basis, you're just, you're there. Mm-hmm. I, I think too many people get in the game. Well, there's money in the bank account. Like we'll be fine. Yeah. And then the money in the bank account never grows or slowly dissipates. Right. Um, and that's happened to me in one of my businesses about 10 years ago. It just mm-hmm. seemed like it was running itself. And all of a sudden, you know, competition comes into town and then bank account gets less and less. And then, you know, then it's too late when you start really digging in and like, holy shit, I should have figured this out two years ago. Yeah. Our problems would have been solved, but you just avoid it because you're too busy doing other things. I think it's so important for people to realize, and I definitely want to get into your story because I think you have a really good one and a relatable one. And honestly, you have multiple stories from where you've been to where you're at now, Mm -hmm. but, um, let's, let's talk about that a little bit where you were at as, as this early young business owner, this cool new gym owner to, um, these financial, now, I mean, now you're, you're honestly, like I listened to you speak about finances and taxes and, um, investments and things like that. And I know we can't get into that too much, but you have this wealth of knowledge and you're currently studying for your CFP, which you'll be taking that exam soon. And let's talk about your road, you know, cause we talked about your fitness journey. I want to talk about your financial professional journey from where you started. Cause they, they heard about my, you know, crap show to where you're at now. 
Well, my, I guess that's a real quick one is it started with a failure, yeah. <laughs> you know, in my uh, mid to late twenties, you know, running a, and having a, a tons of overhead and employees and um, treating it as an investment, kind of a passive investment. Oh, I'm going to own like 10 businesses and make money here and there. And, um, but a short, you know, just kind of a long story short is uh, purchased this gym and it cash flowed and everything was great. And I was just and kind of a chip in my shoulder, like, oh, I'm a big you know, gym well, owner. But let's hang on a second because you say the word cash flow. And I think that needs to be talked about a little mm. bit deeper because as a whether you're a brick and mortar or whatever, you see a crap load of money coming in. Maybe it's 40, maybe it's 50K per month coming in. You see that kind of money coming in. And that just like, I mean, you get stars in your eyes. That seems pretty dang cool, right? Well, right. then you're not like, you're not looking at the actual stuff coming out. I mean, yeah, we've got expenses and this and that, but when you're not mm. treating it like a business and you're just seeing these, I make $40,000 a month or $80,000 a month, mm-hmm. like you just have these stars in your eyes and and yeah, you do get this chip on your shoulder because you're bringing in a crap load of income. Yeah. And then you don't know where any of it goes and right. all of a sudden um, it's kind of seasonal and cash flow gets tight and stress. You're not projecting for that because you're just the the cool kid with the cash flow coming in. Yeah. And then just, you know, like write off after write off, like business expense, kind of walking the fine line of, oh, we can treat this as a business expense and you spend all 40, 50,000 in a month. And then because it's a tax write off. Yeah. And then cash flow gets um, maybe seasonal and then it adds stress to your, your life, your personal life. It creates all kinds of just problems. But where, where my story goes is not, honestly, I, I saw the money coming in. I saw the money going out, but the problem is I never dug into what the pro why we weren't growing or why we weren't profitable. And I didn't know it until we actually was selling the business. It was a little too late to figure it, it out. Too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it all related to something that was an easy number, something that every KPI, key performance indicator, every business should be tracking. And I wasn't tracking it. Like I, I just love how, because the thing is, I know for a fact that if you would not have gone through this, what you call failure, you would not have gotten to where you're at now. Yeah. You wouldn't have that relatable story and you wouldn't know what to look for in these other businesses that you've helped so much. Mm -hmm. So what I did is we just patched it up and we're able to sell it and, you know, get out pretty clean without getting, you know, into a financial mess, but that's where it was headed. Mm -hmm. And the aftermath would have been, <laughs> it would have been so much easier if we would have just dug in and and knew what to look for. But you don't know what you don't know at that time. I didn't know about business. I was in my mid to late 20s and I had a college education, but I, did I look at the numbers? No. Should have I been? Yeah. But at the time, there was no one out there to be able to help me. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I was a financial advisor or financial person. Like, but I didn't know business numbers. Um, CPA filed my tax returns, but there was no like, you should be looking at They're reactive. They're not looking ahead. Uh, They're just, here's what's the aftermath of what you've done. Here's what you And there's, there's marketing coaches and increase your revenue coaches, but there was no one like, Hey, let's look at the KPIs. Let's look at your business. Mm -hmm. Look at the fundamentals. And 
you know, let's show you how to actually run a business, not just like make revenue, but run a business. What's your average client revenue? You know, what's the lifetime value of a client? There's, there's so many things that you need to know that you just don't know what you don't know. And it took my failure in business to learn this and kind of the light bulb to go off to say, Hey, this needs to be um, taught to other entrepreneurs fitness or non-fitness, like everybody needs to know this stuff. And, which and that's is why, how, which is, yeah. And that's how fit CFO was really born, but which is what makes you this amazing financial professional. And I'm going to brag on you a little bit because I can, but I don't think a lot of people realize a CPA, a accountant is going to be reactive to what you've already done. You know, a lot of people say, well, I've already got an accountant. Well, that's, that's fantastic. He's going to help you file your tax returns and do the paperwork and tell you what you need to pay for your taxes. But, but is he going to prepare you for how to get prepared, how to be proactive for Mm -hmm. taxes, how to actually look at the numbers coming in and you're a lot better than, than talking about this than I am, but you have this financial advisory background, you have this ability to look at a business and dive in and look at the whole big picture and say, okay, here's what we, here's what we need to do. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, the CPAs and and the other professionals out there are capable of offering this service is just not in their, their business um, plan or or the part of their business. A lot of times if they're not filing tax returns, they're doing business audits in the off season. They're not working with their clients and helping them understand their numbers. So I think there was a a, a gap there that needed to be bridged. And and that's where we fit in of helping people understand the numbers. And and obviously another thing that we step in is, you know, CPAs are, uh, you you hire them to save money in your taxes and they're very good at that, right? Their job is for you to pay as little taxes as possible and and everybody's happy, but sometimes that that hurts you in the long run for creating financial wealth for financial future because- If you're just buying new trucks for, you know, depreciation and lowering taxes and not saving that 70 cents on the dollar that you could have to create your long-term wealth, that's where we get in a problem. So sometimes paying an extra dollar in taxes this year could create a whole different financial picture for you in the future. Which is what you, and I talked about this on my podcast last week, is that's what you really helped me with when it came time to sell the insurance agency that I had for 12 years, is I was so ingrained in this tax savings and tax write-offs and um, you know putting everything under the business so that it looked right, you like You didn't pay any taxes. You didn't pay any taxes. I didn't pay any taxes, but then it was like, well, I don't look like I have a very profitable business either. <laughs> you can't, and then, you know, in a matter of a couple can't of have years, both. <laughs> right. You can have both. So what was better, not paying taxes or creating a huge nest egg for yourself? Right. Creating a nest egg, being able to have a sellable business because it was so profitable. Um yeah. And I'm, I'm very happy and, and honestly fortunate that I have you. And I think that's the thing that, that a lot of individuals, they, maybe they don't realize what a CFO does. A lot of these big corporations like, like Google and Apple and um, you know, Amazon, et cetera, they have CFOs that work specifically um, chief financial officers that work specifically for that business who take care of the finances and not just here's what your tax bill is. No, they take care of the analytics, the projections, the budgets, the things like that. Um, and a lot of these businesses that are, you know, let's say 
entrepreneurs, they, mm-hmm. they can't afford their very own CFO. And that's really right. what Fit CFO is for. Yeah. And I feel like Fit CFO gives someone just enough guidance, mm-hmm. right, to be able to put this all together. Yeah. And and that's that's where we uh, want to live in, in that game of bridging that gap, giving you guys some guidance along the way. Um, but obviously, we want you to be successful long term, not just save a dollar on taxes this year, I no. guess is kind of what my thought is. Well, because everybody needs to realize that a what we do is volatile. It was it's clear mm-hmm. when when COVID happened, and regardless of COVID, you could launch a product and mm-hmm. have a hundred thousand dollar month, and then have five months of zero dollars. Right, and that's fantastic. But what do you? I mean, the five months of zero isn't fantastic, but the hundred dollar launch is fantastic. But what do you do with that hundred thousand to carry you through in case it doesn't happen again for five, six, seven months? Yeah, and, and that's really what you're able to help with, right? Because we all hope that next month will be another hundred thousand, then another hundred thousand. But rarely on the launch method right. does that happen, and and it looks pretty sexy on paper. I brought in six figures in one launch or one month, but you know, yeah. that now you gotta, you gotta deliver that service right. for the next six months yeah. and yeah. it's hard to get new business during that time. So we have to make a plan for that money over the next six months until you can launch again. Um, and not just for that period, but that's great. But are you going to want to grind this hard? Because I know what it's like to do a launch and it's a lot of work. Oh shit! And are you going to want to have to grind that hard when you're 40, 50, 60, 70, you know, 75 years old, because if you aren't looking at your forward, uh, your future, are you really going to be 85 and work this hard? No. What are you, what are you going to do to prepare for it? Cause it's going to come. I mean, yeah. obviously there's, there's alternatives. Somebody, you know, could pass away in a car accident. Things happen. You know, I know that firsthand, but you have to prepare for that day. And that's, I guess, why I want to be a little birdie in my business and owner's ear, because they're not hearing it from everybody else. Uh, everybody else in the business, oh, let's let's create more revenue. Let's let's do this. Let's do I this. had client um, testimonial have a forty thousand dollar month. This client testimonial had an eighty thousand dollar launch, et cetera, et cetera. How much? How much of that did they put away for their future? Right. How much of that do they still have to earn over the next six months or a year that they're not counting on? Right. Um, so the ROI seems sexy and great, but there's a lot of things you got to deliver between now and then. Yeah. Um, the, I guess my sole purpose is so people can retire um, comfortably someday. Um, bridge and, that gap between the hustle and grind today. Create the passive income. Create it. Right. Create the wealth. And now live the life that they want to live because we honestly, we got an entrepreneurship because of probably what um, freedom. Yep. Freedom. Right. And then there's times where I'm like working 24 seven and I'm like, wow, this isn't. <laughs> and, <very great." laughs> and maybe another one is like unlimited income. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's probably one and two that you can right. change those. And very rarely are any of the entrepreneurs living in freedom and very right. rarely are any of them living with financial freedom. Yeah. Yeah. You can easily, you easily can, because these people are making 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month. It's you, you can, but you've got to structure it. I've been in the financial world a long time and some of my most successful, my most wealthy clients, um, never made hardly six figures in their life. Yeah. (laughs) Just put it in perspective. Like 
it can happen. And it's not like they're living an unhappy life. They're just doing appropriate things with that money. Multi-millionaires barely made six figures. It can happen to anybody. I just have to put in the work. So what, um, when you're working with these coaches, what is the biggest struggle that you help them overcome? I want to make this, I guess, relatable to, um, to these coaches out there or entrepreneurs, I should say, yeah. not everybody in, I guess I, I clear the, clear the confusion or, you know, the, the, it's a little muddy out there of what needs to be yeah. done, what, what's happening. What do I need to be doing? Like, how am I doing against my peers? Like, what do I need to be doing? So I think I bridged that gap really well is keeping it very simple. Like here's your five things that you need to be doing. Um, here's how you're stacking up against your peers. Uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of an eye-opening experience of, of what you should be doing and what you are doing. And I want to make sure that our listeners out there realize this is not like a Dave Ramsey budget, pay off this bill, get out of debt. That's not what this is. This is about understanding your business, understanding your revenue and creating the different guardrails that you need in order to have a future and, you know, a success along the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we do our best work with, you know, businesses that are established that are creating like six figures or plus and, and revenue, because then we actually have uh, some, some levers that we can pull, we can push to make a difference in their business. I mean, obviously we're willing to help people getting started to, you know, show them the ropes to what needs to be done, you know, business. Well, and and we've got a lot of free material out there that I think would be helpful for those that are just getting started. Yeah. So we do our best work with people that have uh, larger revenues or assets so we can do the right things and pull the right levers. All right, babe. It was so nice talking to you today. We're on Zoom with each other because we don't have our podcast room set up yet. (laughs) It's happening now. I can't wait. (laughs) It's going to be cool. We're going to put the episodes up on YouTube. Um, But you guys, if you are intimidated by the traditional financial advisor, I think that um, you'll find that, you know, he's got a big old beard. He's got a sleeve tattoo. He's not the traditional (laughs) finance guy, but he knows his stuff and um, he truly wants to help you create a wealthy future and um, help you in your business. So um, I'm going to link all of his contact information in the show notes so that you can find him, Sean Hanquist or FitCFO on Instagram. He's out. All right. Thanks for tuning in guys. We will talk to you next week. If you like this episode, be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on your notifications so you don't miss a thing. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.